Welcome into the Legends Rewind Podcast. I'm Rusty Ellis, and today I'm joined by one of the biggest basketball legends in the entire Upper Cumberland, former Sparta legend Grant Slatton. We discuss in this his career at White County, how he got started into basketball, his time at Ole Miss, and ultimately his decision to go into the transfer portal and come home to Tennessee Tech. Without further ado, here's Grant Slatton. So Grant, uh, first thing we'll start with, just talk about what's your earliest memory of basketball? I know that's probably going quite a ways back for you, but what's what's your uh, what's your first memory of basketball? My first memory of basketball? Oh, that's a, <laughs> that's a weird. Okay, uh, I think my first memory would be when I went out. I was like four years old, and this was the first time I think I ever had like an actual workout. I guess and it was <laughs> my mom because my brother was in practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, for like an AAU team or his elementary school team and they had a basketball court outside and then my mom went outside with me the whole time my brother was practicing and just worked out mm-hmm. with me so I think that was like my first ever memory how much older is your brother because this is Will we're talking about right yeah how much older he, is he than you he, he's four years older than me or yeah four years like four years he's five grade levels ahead of me so Gotcha. Is that is that your only sibling, or do you have others? Yeah, that's my only sibling. So it's a big rivalry. <laughs> I'm about to. I was. I was going to go there next. I'm sure with how I know he was obviously a very talented basketball player himself. Uh, mm-hmm. What were some of the battles in the driveway like between you two? Oh, gosh, they were bad. They were. We were getting <laughs> a fight every time we played. Our mom had to break us up mm-hmm. plenty of times. We were on the ground throwing punches at some points. It was. <laughs> it was a big rivalry, definitely. You won most of them, right? I'm assuming. Uh, no, he's so, he was so much bigger than me growing up. He always <laughs> he just beat up on me. He'd go down low and I couldn't do anything about it. <laughs> well, I have to ask. So, you know, obviously it gets competitive. It got competitive. I'm sure. Like you just said, was it a good, was basketball a good bonding tool for the two of you? Something that you both were able to kind of relate to? Uh, yeah, I think, I think sports in general was because mm-hmm. we both played a lot of the same sports growing up. So we always had a competition that way. So yeah, that was definitely a big bonding point. So when did you begin playing organized basketball? Then you said, you know, your first memory is at four years old. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming you didn't start playing organized right away. What, what's the – when did you first start playing organized ball? Uh, I first started playing organized ball, I would say probably in Upward um, mm-hmm. at the Baptist Church, um, like near my house. I think they had like a little Upward uh, ordeal for the young kids. So that was like mm-hmm. the first time I played organized basketball. And then, I, I mean, in Sparta, you start playing for school teams in third grade. So, that's when I started playing for actual, like, school. Mm-hmm. What were some of the – you know, obviously, you're known around here as a really talented basketball player, and, I mean, deservedly so, looking at the career you've had. Uh, what were some of the challenges early on, though, that you've – like, in terms of just learning the game, what were some of the things that maybe didn't come as naturally to you? I know there probably wasn't much. You pray you the way you play it, like everything looks natural. But what were some of the things that early on were kind of hurdles for you to get over? Hurdles. Uh, I think like mentally, it was mm-hmm. like the biggest hurdle. I think everything on the basketball court really did come kind of naturally. I was just kind of mm-hmm. like born into basketball, so that kind of helped. But mentally, uh, I used to be a basket case on the court. Like if you wouldn't call a foul or something, I would get I'd get really upset. Or mm-hmm. if I'd miss a couple shots, I'd get in my head for the whole game. So I think that was probably the biggest hurdle. I think that's a hurdle for a lot of young players. Mm-hmm. How do you get over? How do, how do you get over a hurdle like that? I'm curious. Oh, uh, I mean, really, it's just going to come with like more reps. As you grow older, you're going to end up growing out of it. I feel like. I also had my mom in my ear after every game. If I I would complain to the ref, she'd be on my tail about, don't ever do that again. Like, you Mm -hmm. can't do that. So, 
I had that in my corner, which helped a lot too. And then talk about your dad. Your dad obviously coached the game for for quite a while. Uh, you know, having parents that were as invested as they were in you and your brother, how much did that help growing up? Oh, it helped a ton because, I mean, they pushed me every single day mm-hmm. to get better. So, yeah, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be anywhere near where I am today without them. Like, they, they put me through plenty of workouts. They got me in gyms anytime they could. They took me outdoor courts when I couldn't drive myself. So, yeah, it was a big help. Did you ever play for your dad at any point? Or, or oh. okay, so, oh, I'm <laughs> you, glad. Now, so you didn't. So how do you think that would have gone if you did play for him? It would have, okay, it could have gone, it could have either gone really well or really bad. I, <laughs> I would assume it would have gone really bad because him and I, every time he works me out in the gym, we always end up arguing. We don't see eye to eye on anything, I feel like. But no, nah, he, he's a great coach. So it, it probably would have worked out. I just wouldn't have liked it. <laughs> So how how often would you would you guys talk the game like at the just at the hat home like normal? Would you guys spend a lot of time talking the game of basketball? Would you pick oh, his brain a lot? What was that like? That's all we talked about. He's <laughs> coached, he's coached some great players that went and played professional basketball. So I would pick his brain about them, and then I would pick his brain about what he thinks I need to do. And then same with my mom; she can talk the game of basketball like crazy too. And my brother can. So that's like all the Slatton household was was straight basketball. Was there ever a time where you said, okay, that's enough basketball? Was there ever a time where anybody said that, or was it just basketball all the time? Uh, I don't I don't think there was ever a time that I personally didn't want to talk basketball. I've always <laughs> talked basketball. That's like I've been in love mm-hmm. with the game since I could play it. So that's all I wanted to talk about. So when was there a moment growing up, whether that be middle school, travel ball, we'll talk a little bit more about travel ball, but w- was there a moment where you – what was the moment you realized that you were really, really good at this sport? Mm, that's – I, I would say I think I didn't realize until, like, later on. So, like, freshman year is really when I, like, thought I was a lot better. Like, I understood that I was more talented, I guess. But, like, I think growing up I was always kind of average. And then I get to high school and I had Coach Mitchell who just put a lot of trust and faith in me. I think that helped me grow a tremendous amount in my first year playing. So mm-hmm. I think that's when I kind of realized, like, I can actually go far doing this. Mm-hmm. So tra- when did when did travel ball? When did you begin getting involved with that? And who, what organization did you start with? Uh, I started with Tennessee Power in third grade, like the third grade wow. going into fourth grade. <laughs> and that was like, me, Cade, Tanner, Daniel, like all of us were on that okay. team. So we played together until I believe the summer after my sixth grade year, I ended up going to uh, Tennessee Magic out of um, Baxter. Mm-hmm. And I played for Coach McWilliams. And I played with like Jace McWilliams and mm-hmm. Colin Gore and all them. So I played with them for two years. And then I went to EAB um, mm-hmm. for my like for the rest of the time. So that's kind of how my – a you journey mm-hmm. went. So what what do you think about travel ball and, and how it's almost grown into a necessity now for any player that wants to play at the next level? You that's how you get seen. Do, do you find that to be true as well? Yeah, definitely. So like my travel ball experience was different from a lot of people's. We we were a shoe team, so we got like sponsored by Adidas and all these big tournaments that coaches all came to because that's what they thought like the best players were at. But there's players all over. So it's just it just helps people get seen more. Because I remember when I was getting recruited, uh, every coach would be like, where's White County? So yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the middle of nowhere type thing. And they they see you on AAU. So it's definitely become a necessity for recruitment. 
So you mentioned playing for uh, Bobby McWilliams. What mm-hmm. was that like for you, and how, how different is he compared to someone like Eric Mitchell? He, he's – I feel like he's tougher, but it's like the same – it's the same deal. He's going to put a lot of trust and faith in you mm-hmm. as a player. Um, he, he was just a little tougher. When we were younger especially, it, it helped me a lot. That That's one guy who helped me get out of my, like, basket case type deal when I was younger because he was so, he was a tough coach, but, like, I knew he wanted the best for me and he wanted to just get me better. So I would get in my head and he would help me get out of it. So, mm-hmm. Who were some other coaches around this time that made an impact on you? Um. Coach Coach Hillis was my coach in um, elementary school when I went to like Northfield Elementary School in fifth grade. He was my coach and he coached my AAU team for Tennessee Power. He, I think he helped me a lot growing up. I, all my coaches, I give credit to all my coaches because they mm-hmm. definitely helped me because I know I was not easy to deal with when I was <laughs> That's for sure. Um, the main people I would give credit to would just be like my mom and dad and Coach Mitchell, obviously. Mm-hmm. Those are like the main ones. What, what what was Coach Mitchell like as a coach? I mean, I've seen him coach on the sideline now for three seasons, and I've seen, obviously, how into the games he gets. And I don't think – I said this the first time I ever saw him coach. What jumped up, out to me about him was I've never heard a human being clap as loud as he can. <laughs> Especially when he gets, like, angry. I've never heard a human being clap that loudly. But talk about uh, – <laughs> but what was it like playing for him? No, it, it was great. I really enjoyed my time because, like, I mean, I started as a freshman. He gave me a lot of, like – opportunity he gave me pretty much the green light to shoot whatever shot I want and I don't know if that it was good (laughs) in some games not so good in others um but playing for him was it was really fun he had a lot of good coaches by him too with coach Murray and coach Hillis and all those guys um so that helped a lot they were all really really calm and encouraging in practices they would get on you if you needed it I think I mean, I've been kicked out of a couple of practices before just because <laughs> my my anger took over. I don't know what it was. Competitive nature took over when we would scrimmage and like stuff with it. I mean, it was just it was just a lot of fun though playing for them. Honestly, they would they would get on you when they needed to, and they would encourage you when they needed to. They knew what they were doing. It was a great time. So your case coming into a into a school as a freshman, I feel like is different than so many other players that end up having great careers in that, you know, from your freshman year, you were trusted to be a, a big part of the team right away. Were there any older players that kind of helped you out there and took you under their wing and kind of helped you adjust to the high school game? Yeah, definitely. I, I would say we had we had two juniors my uh, freshman year, and that was the only people we had because our one senior, Kendall Barker, got hurt. Uh, Kendall, Kendall ended up taking me under his wing, and so did the two juniors, which are Dyson Reese and uh, David Kinzer. I still talk to all three of them. That I mean, yeah, they were big, big help when I was coming in because I had no idea. Like the change from middle school to high school is a lot bigger jump than people think it is. Mm-hmm. And those those three definitely took me under their wing and helped me a lot. Put that jump into perspective for me because I've I've and people that listen to these are probably tired of hearing me utter these words, but. I've heard a lot of people like to say that it almost feels like you're playing an entirely different sport when you go from middle school to high school. What What are some of the biggest changes going from the middle school game to the high school game? No, it's, it is crazy. Like the strength and speed change completely because you got you're playing 14 year olds one year and then 18 year olds. right. right <laughs> you're playing grown men. <laughs> exactly. It's insane. So me being a scrawny 15 year old kid. <laughs> playing 18 year olds is way different than when I was 14 playing my own age. I would get, I would get big body the whole time. People would go at me on defense. Like I was getting targeted every game just because I was that scrawny, like, like newcomer. They didn't know anything about me. So that's kind of, that's kind of the biggest jump, just like strength, speed, just 
being grown, really, is what mm-hmm. it is. How different is AAU travel ball when you're in high school compared to playing for your school? How What, what are the major differences there as well? Because I know those, you know, those are two different styles as well. I would say that the quality in AAU versus the quality in high school is like the biggest difference. In AAU, it's just free range. Like there's no play calls. You're just back and forth the whole time going at each other. Like in, in high school ball, you – Hey, you, you don't actually have to win. Like, high school ball, you have to win to be able to get, like, good seeds and mm-hmm. be able to go far, and you want to build that chemistry throughout the year. Hey, you, it's like everybody's just wanting to get theirs type mm-hmm. thing. They want to they wanna get their offer. They want to get, mm-hmm. like, their points. It's not really like a team sport in AAU, I feel like, is the biggest difference. So what's your favorite AAU memory or your favorite moment in a game? I feel like you had to have, you had to have dunked on at least a couple people oh, that you yeah. can remember here. <laughs> I think my favorite AAU memory was my first, like, clean in-game dunk. I had, like, a couple okay. that were, like, rattlers or, like, I grabbed the rim, threw off the backboard, and it went in type thing. But my first AAU dunk, like, I'll never forget it. I have it written in my notes, like, the date it happened, who we were playing, <laughs> all this stuff. So, I, like, get a steal up top, and I, I dribble down. And one of my friends behind me on the on my team was like, bang out. He, like, yelled. And then I went up, and I dunked it. I mean, I got so happy. It was crazy. I don't. I don't even know if I scored the rest of the game because my adrenaline was pumping so much. I think I missed every other shot. But I it's funny. Done. It's funny that you say you've got all that written down because if did you dunk? Was anybody in the way or was that was it just kind of a clean pass to the goal? No, it was like I literally like pickpocketed the kid. The kid fell down behind me. There was no one in sight, okay. and I still about missed. Like I about got rinsed. Up. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but I just did not get up, and I ended up barely dunking it. It's kind of funny because there's a joke that can be made there if you dunk on somebody that oh you wrote down oh date of death this day. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. It's kind of it's kind of it's kind of funny though. Yeah, I have a I have a couple of those too. <laughs> That's funny. I love it. So, uh, getting further on into your high school career, who were some of your favorite teammates to play with? I think I know one of them who's a pretty simple answer is probably Tanner Paul, who I I would love to get on this podcast at some point as soon with the career he had. Who were some of your favorite teammates to play with though? I think I think my favorite in high school would probably be like you said Tanner's up there, but I think Cade probably. Okay. Because me and Cade both played a lot as freshmen. He ended up starting a lot too. So we we played together our whole career. We've played since third grade together. So same thing with Tanner and Daniel, all of them. Those were like my four. Well, and Tucker. Those were like my four mm-hmm. like main guys. Those are, those are my probably like my favorite teammates. Um, Dyson Reese and David Kinzer because they took me under their wing. Mason Winningham, Kagan Dodson. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, really everybody was, like, my favorite teammate. I, I've loved playing with all my guys. How much easier does it make it as a team to build chemistry when it sounds like, you know, you're playing with, you know, guys that you enjoyed playing with? And I feel like that was visible on the court a lot. How much easier does that make building chemistry? Oh, it makes it so much easier. Like, AAU, you might have a couple guys that you don't really, like, associate with that much outside of mm-hmm. playing with them. So it makes it so much difficult, so much more difficult on the court, like trying to find them in open cuts. I I don't know. It doesn't seem like it would correlate, but it really does. Mm-hmm. So like with our high school team, we played together for so long. We played pickup together all the time. Like we just knew each other. We played video games with each other. Like we knew each other so well. We could just feel when they were on the court, I feel like. So it makes it a lot easier. Mm-hmm. So as you get into your junior and senior year, what were some – because you had two really good teams that year. Uh, what were some of your favorite memories from those years? Winning, honestly. <laughs> Winning, I mean, fair enough. <laughs> that was just – that was really good. That's when – those two years were when 
I personally made a jump in my game. Mm-hmm. I feel like that was just like the biggest time of my basketball career. So that's why it was such like a big memory. Um, I think that just the guys, like how close we were my last two years was just completely different than any other team I've been on. So I feel like just like us off the court was probably my favorite memories. So how surreal of a moment was it then your senior year when you became the program's all-time leading scorer? Because, I mean, I'm sure you knew at some point that you were getting closer and closer to that. But how surreal of a moment was that for you? No, that was, that one was crazy. I, so that's something that I've wanted to do since, I don't know, I was little. My dad used to coach at Kolioka High School in Columbia, Tennessee, and he, he had a player named DeMario, uh, and I looked up to him my whole life. He was a 2,000-point score, scorer. I was really young. I told my dad since, like, then I was like, I want to score 2,000 points. I ended up breaking that. And then we get in the game to break to break the record. And I was talking to uh, Noah McKay. Yep. And he was, like, he was like, yeah, you're close. You're, like, so many points away. I was like, oh, I didn't even realize I was that close until <laughs> he said it. And then that game, I think I think that's the game I ended up having, like, 59 in. You came out early, I remember, because we were at that all, – all of us were at that game because we knew about that. And you had, like, 17 points – you had, like, 17 of the team's first 20 points. Yeah. It, it was, was kind of crazy. It was ridiculous. Yeah, that game was crazy. I didn't realize – I don't even know if my teammates realized I was that close. We were just, mm-hmm. like – we were working early that game. And it – I mean, I got the – I got the record for points and for points in the game. So, it was pretty cool. So – during all of this, what was the recruiting process like for you? We obviously know where you settled on or where you, you know, where you decided on um, at that time. What was the process like? How crazy was it? How many coaches were contacting you? You pro- Your phone had to be blowing up. No, it was. like So I had one offer before my junior year, which was Tennessee Tech. Okay. I had that offer my entire junior year. I didn't get any other offer my junior year. The summer going into my senior year, like this all COVID's going on, all this stuff. So we didn't even know if we were going to get to play. We ended up getting to play a couple of tournaments and I'm, I'm doing really well. Um, our team's doing really well, which helps. And all of a sudden I'm just, my phone just starts ringing off the hook. I ended up getting like five offers within, I don't know, like a week or two. <laughs> and then everybody just started calling. And then I ended up committing within like five days, I think of getting the Ole Miss offer. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't blowing up too crazy, but for that like okay. week or two span, it was it was nuts. I was it was a surreal feeling. I'm pretty sure the silence at some point was 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 really really nice after you yeah, kind of got through all that, right? So so uh, why Ole Miss originally? I remember we talked a little bit about it. How you you told me in an interview we did that uh, you had a family member tell you pick a school that you would want to go to if you weren't playing basketball or you weren't playing yeah. sports. Uh, what else went into your decision? So that was a big part of it. Academics was a big part because, you know, the ball is not going to bounce forever, so you try to get a good degree. I mean, Ole Miss is a great academic school. Um, the coaching staff really was a big part of that because I know, I've know i known them because they went they coached at MTSU before yep. they came here. So I've known them for a little bit. So that, can, that played a big part in it. Um, I had a great first year here. I enjoyed it. Uh, I just felt like it was time to venture out and go somewhere else, really. Mm-hmm. So did your brother, because I know your brother walked on at MTSU when Kermit was there. Did he give you any pointers about him? Did he tell you anything about him? What was that like? I mean, he told me a little bit, but I kind of already knew it for myself. Like I've been, I've gone to their practices. I've gone to their games. Mm -hmm. So I kind of knew a little bit, but yeah, he told me a little bit about him, but nothing too major. 
So what was it like them playing for Kermit? Um, I mean, I've told you plenty of times that I went to MTSU as a student, so I covered a few of his – I covered, you know, the teams that had Giddy and Reggie Upshaw on them yeah. and all that. Um, and it always seemed like he was the kind of coach that said, you know, if you give me effort on defense, you know, I'll give you more freedom on offense. What was what was it like uh, playing for him? What were practices like with him? I know you probably can't tell me everything because <laughs> this is a clean podcast, and I've yeah, heard exactly. – I've heard – I've heard Kermit talking to practice before. I know that it's not always 100% clean, but but what, but what was it like playing for him and for coaches like Win Case, Ronnie Hamilton? What were they like? No, it was, it was a great experience. They're all, I mean, they're encouraging always. Um, they show tough love, which is really like their main thing. They're gonna get on you as much as like as much as needed. Um, they're gonna try and push you every day. So I had a great experience with them, definitely. So what is SEC basketball like behind the curtain? Because everyone knows what SEC – everyone sees the on-court product. And, you know, we know I've said it's, a, it's an elite conference in just about every sport imaginable. Um, but what is it like – what's SEC basketball like behind the curtain when you're going to schools like Kentucky and UT and uh, Mississippi State? You're going to all these big programs that you've seen on TV. What, what's that like? I mean, it's crazy. It's, it's a lot of work. You have to put in 100% every day or else you're not going to make it. Um, but no, going to those schools, it's an insane environment always. The student <laughs> sections are huge. They're going to chirp at you the whole time. Um, I mean, it's just a surreal feeling because you've grown up watching like these games being played and then you're in them. So it's definitely a crazy moment. What was your favorite road environment in the SEC to go play in this year? Was it UT because it was closer to home or what was your favorite one? I wish I would have got to go to UT. I had so oh, you didn't get roommate, to go. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, my roommate got COVID and I ended up having to like do close contact. So I had to quarantine for that for that game, which sucked. I had a lot of people there <laughs> and like people were making like free slatin signs and all this stuff. <laughs> but that that would have been probably my favorite environment. But other than that, I would say it was probably Auburn because they were okay. so Auburn, good when okay. We they were so good when we played them. I think they were ranked second in the country when we were playing them, and their their student section was the biggest thing I've ever seen. So I'll give you a funny a funny little anecdote about the UT game. You mentioned you had people there. I don't know if you remember Kaylee Means, right? Mm-hmm. Remember her? So she actually went to that game hoping that you would be there. She was really disappointed when she found out that you weren't going to be there. I, I I was so disappointed when they said I had to quarantine. I was so upset. It was literally <laughs> like they told me I had to quarantine like two hours before the bus left to go to the, to go to the airport. It was oh, insane. that's disappointing. So, but you said Auburn, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know also, and this is just because I'm from this part of Tennessee and I know this, uh, what was it like seeing someone like Penny Hardaway up close? Cause obviously Memphis came and played at Ole Miss early in the season. Yeah, no, it, that was really cool. Um, because I've grown up, I've like watched his highlights, all that yeah. good stuff. <laughs> so that, that was obviously like a surreal moment to meet him, shake his hand after the game. Mm-hmm. Um, we played Vanderbilt, and they also had Scotty Gary Pippen. Stackhouse. Yeah, and, and well, they Scottie had Pippen, Gary yeah. Stackhouse, but Scotty Pippen Jr. was like their star player. Yeah, and Scotty Pippen was he ended up being at that game, so that was cool. <laughs> got, got to meet him. Um, then Morgan Freeman's like a big old Miss fan, so I've, <laughs> I've met him, which is, that's just crazy too. Morgan Freeman being an old Miss fan—that's not something I would have pegged him as. That's crazy. I know, I know. It, it is wild. And then like Katy Perry's like a huge old Miss fan. She'll come to some games too. It's weird. <laughs> So did you get to meet her or no? No, I, ne- I never got to meet her. No. <laughs> well, well, that's interesting. So, so what, so obviously you went into the transfer portal and you made your announcement recently where you're going to be going. Uh, the transfer portal has become something that has really taken over the college basketball world yeah. when games aren't being played. What's that, what's that whole process like getting into it? 
And then obviously, does, is it like high school recruiting all over again, or is, does it ha- is there any difference to it? No, I mean, there's a little bit of difference, but not much. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember I got into it. Um, I entered the portal. So you have to go through, like, compliance and fill out paperwork and all that stuff. I got in the portal, and I think literally seven minutes, like I have it time, seven minutes after my name was officially in the portal, Tech had called me already, like, talking to me. Wow. So that was, it was crazy. Uh, and that's, like, that's one reason I committed. Like, they had been on me from the beginning of my <laughs> high school, like, recruitment to now, and then they were the first to reoffer um they got off the phone the first thing he said on the phone is it's time to come home and if you saw my instagram caption that's what i captioned yep. it uh, that's kind of that's kind of why i ended up going there um but then i think the first day i entered the portal i think i had like 30 something phone calls from different wow. schools yeah it was insane and who were some notable ones that called you um like kansas city university of kansas city um okay. I had Valparaiso, North uh, North Alabama. I had a bunch of like I had ETSU, Lipscomb, okay. a bunch of different schools. Um, those are just like the ones right off the top of my head. But I had it was it, that one was insane. Like my phone rang probably more out of the transfer portal than it did in high school. But so you said you chose Tech because you feel like they had been with you from the beginning, and you just felt like you know what, maybe this is a sign. Yeah, that that's kind of like the big thing. I I love Coach Pelfrey. I think he's great coach um yeah so they've been with me since the beginning I had to I had to go I had to go there I couldn't turn that down twice so one thing we noticed and you obviously saw some of the tweets and some of the posts that have pointed this out you now get to play with uh the other really notable player named Grant 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 Strong from Clay County have you talked to him at all did you talk to him before any of this or no I didn't I didn't talk to anybody before this like the only (laughs) people that knew I was committing were my mom my dad and my brother like those were the only three people where I was going uh, I've talked to him a little bit. I hadn't I hadn't talked to him much, but I mean I'll get to know him obviously because he'll be my teammate. But I think that backcourt's gonna be scary <laughs> Grant. I, I really do. So so we got to come up with a nickname for it at some point. Are we calling it G squared? Like what I don't I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna have to talk to him about it. We gotta get our fan base a little name. That's, that's for sure. That's funny. So what else are you looking forward to about just kind of being back home? Mm, I think I mean just being back home, the environment's gonna be crazy having a lot of fans there that like I know personally I've grown up knowing people there Uh, I've already been getting texts from a bunch of people back home just like talking about how happy they are that they can come watch me again and like so that's that's going to be a big part that's going to be a lot of fun to play in front of people I know let me ask you this were were you the kind of player did you get homesick leaving the upper Cumberland leaving Sparta did you get homesick or did you kind of settle in right away no I settled in right away I made a lot of good friends here so, mm-hmm. like, when I came here in the summer, there were a bunch of different athletic teams that were here. Like, football was here, volleyball was here, women's basketball was here. So, like, I made a lot of good friends with, like, similar schedules to me because athletes have crazy schedules. Yeah. So, I made a lot of good friends. So, that helped a lot. I settled in pretty much right away. But, obviously, I missed the Upper Cumberland. You can't, mm-hmm. you can't not miss the Upper Cumberland. <laughs> so, what is it that makes the Upper Cumberland special then? Because a lot of people – you hear a lot of people say that there's not really a, a place out there quite like it. What, what to you makes it special? The food. <laughs> the food okay I, I love the food I love the food out there my mom my mom can cook that's one thing I did miss I did miss my mom's cooking the food fair enough um, I think that the upper Cumberland is just so like friendly I feel like that's what really makes it so unique I think everybody knows everybody everybody's friends with everybody I don't think there's any bad blood ever in the upper Cumberland I think it's a great spot so do you think that hoops in the upper Cumberland are starting to kind of build that notoriety a little bit because you know you look at the last two years especially in basketball 
you have the Upperman girls that, you know, win the 3A title this year. York girls were in the 2A championship. Last year, Clay obviously – the Clay boys obviously going to win. Do you feel like the Upper Cumberland is starting to get that respect and get that notoriety a little bit? Oh, for sure, yeah. I think I think the Upper Cumberland – I think we had respect, but I think as we've progressed over these past, like, I don't know, five, ten years, like, it's definitely becoming a basketball, like, powerhouse area. Especially girls basketball. Girls basketball, yeah. I feel like there's, like – Three Division One signees every single year just from the Upper Cumberland. It's insane. Yeah, the 3A district around here last year was absolutely wild where you're talking about the top four teams. You could literally – any one of them could have won a state title when you exactly. look at yeah, you know, Livingston, Sparta, yeah, Cumberland County, and Upperman. Upperman, the crazy thing about that, Upperman was the fourth seed in that district tournament. And they and go on and win a state title. That's insane. Yeah. I'm kind of upset about the Sparta girls. They were supposed to be really good. They ended up letting me down a little bit. I was really <laughs> well, I'll tell you, when, when you play in a district, that, that stuff, and you've seen it on the boys' side, so you knew, especially especially the 3A district you guys played in before realignment and everything happened. I know. If yeah. we had realigned, we would have probably won state. That's what I'm saying. I wish that had happened. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I don't think you're very far off now that I think about it. You're probably not very far off on that. Uh, to close this out, uh, kind of talk about what is some advice that you would give younger athletes today if th- that want to say they want to get to the point where you're at where they're playing collegiate sports and they're to the point where you've got as many people calling you when you go into the transfer portal, as you just told me. And then what is also some advice you give your, your younger self, uh, you know, say early high school, what's some advice you'd give your younger self as well? I would say you got to, if you want to be at this level, you got to be able to, one, you got to eat at this level. You got to eat good. You have to have a good diet. You got to hydrate. You got to work out like you want to be at this level. Like you can't just go in a gym and get 500 shots up going half speed. Like you have to go 100% in everything you do. Any type of workout deal you do, you have to go 100%. I say like when you go in a gym and there's recruits there and there's like people watching you and recruiters are watching you, you have to want to prove that you're the best player in that gym. Like you have to go at everybody. You have to have that mentality. So I feel like mentality, diet, and work, like work ethic is like the three main things I would tell young athletes. And then for personally myself, when I was younger, I would just say to do what I did really. I mean, you just got to keep that mentality up the whole time. You got to work extra hard because not everybody's going to be able to go to this level. So you got to outwork those people that are on like the cuff of being at this level and not. So you have to work your way up. Once again, that was former White County basketball legend, Grant Slatton.